to the Extraordinary Moms podcast. I'm Jessica Dahlquist, your host, and every week I interview a different mom who shares their motherhood journey and the lessons they've learned along the way. If I've learned anything from interviewing such a wide range of moms, it's that no two moms parent in the same way, and we should celebrate that and learn from one another. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast today, and if you like what you hear, please share the show with a friend. Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. I have a fantastic return guest today. Ruth Jo Simons is back and she has a new book releasing called When Strivings Cease, replacing the gospel of self-improvement with the gospel of life-transforming grace. And this is for anybody that feels like their type A personality or their goal-centered mindset is like really stifling their ability to just be at peace with where they are today. I've definitely been through seasons where I have felt that way, and I'm sure many of you have felt that way as well. While she is a go-getter, she's an entrepreneur, she's an artist at Grace Laced, she also has six boys, she has a lot going on. But in this season of her life where she's written now about it, she is so passionate about helping others to replace striving with grace. And she talks about what grace truly means in this context and how you can be more at peace, more present, more mindful, more intentional. And I think these are all things that we want to be. You can still have goals and have dreams and get things done, but it's coming from a different vantage point when you're able to not strive and rely more on having grace for yourself. So let's get to it with Ruth Jo Simons. All right. I'm so honored to be chatting with Ruth Jo Simons today. Hi, Ruth. Hey, Jessica. So good to be here. It's so good to be chatting with you. Where am I speaking to you from? Um, well, I am from Western Colorado, but right this minute, I'm in Franklin, Tennessee. Are you? Are you just visiting? Yeah. Oh, I'm doing some PR and TV and some things in promotion of the book. So speaking also at MomCon for Mops International on Saturday um, in Nashville. So oh, how that's fun. That's so awesome. Well, I bet part of traveling, you know, is such an exciting part of your job. And how was that when it just kind of dropped off in the last 18 months? Are you happy to be back out on the road doing stuff? You know, I am. But honestly, it was really lovely. I mean, I don't travel that much. I travel in seasons. But, you know, I really got to spend a lot of considered time at home. And you know how, you know, mamas are. (laughs) You just kind of need to um, sometimes have that considered time. And when you're home, you kind of wish that you were out and about getting to have some time alone. But when you're out, you go, oh, wait, hold on. I really miss my kids. And so um, I'm always wrestling in the middle of that tension a little bit. Right. And leaving for moms is very hard. Like the, the lead up those few days and setting up schedules oh, and yep. making sure everything's covered. I mean, it's just, yes. it feels like a lot of work to leave. <laughs> well, yes. And, and Jessica, also, I don't know if you happen to see this online, but just days before I left this week, we actually sent our first kid out of the nest this oh. week. And so our oldest, who's 19, is in his third year of college, but he's been doing college locally um, with a local university. Uh-huh. And so he actually went abroad to Northern Ireland to go to school for a year. And the emotions that came with that were very unexpected. I literally, I mean, I've been preparing for this mentally. I know this is what is like motherhood is like, just really did not prepare for the sense of loss and the grief, like the end of an era, the feeling like 
he's gone forever when really he's not. But oh my goodness, I couldn't, I can't tell you how weird it feels to be, um, yeah, to, to be in the season. And you might think, you know, you have six sons. So if you still have five at home, that's still a lot of kids to like <laughs> keep you busy. But it, it just, is. It just it is. is so precious to think about the one, you know, like yeah. every single member of your family contributes in their own special way. And having them removed for any length of time, for any reason, it's like, oh, that, that picture, like, can we really take a family picture without him, right? I can only imagine. I have four sons, so I, I understand. Hey, everyone. I wanted to jump in to thank a show sponsor, and that is Mama Zen. As you know, motherhood is, well, really hard sometimes, and our emotional and mental well-being often gets neglected. And when we are pulling from a dry well and a dry vessel in ourselves, we can't show up as our very best version of ourselves as a mom, as a woman, as a friend, as a wife, right? And so that is why Mama Zen is a revolutionary solution for motherhood, burnout, anxiety, irritability, impatience, and more. I talked to the founders of Mama Zen, and you guys, I cannot tell you how much this creation was an answer to their own problems. They needed some help. They needed some support. And so that is why they created Mama Zen, which will teach you how to deal with your kids' difficult behavior with more love and patience. And it is an easy app. And after you download it, Mama Zen will create a personalized program that fits to your own motherhood journey. That's what's so amazing and different about this app. When I downloaded it, I went through a get to know you quiz and it asked things like the age of my children, what I'm currently struggling with, and it's super easy to use. And you're probably wondering, well, how does it work? Well, these are science-based techniques that will change the way that you react to your children and it will make you feel like a better parent. I guarantee it. But what they've created are these mind power sessions. They are short, anywhere from two to 18 minutes long, and they can help you for any topic that you are struggling with. The other cool thing is they have short emergency sessions that are seven or eight minutes, and then they have sessions per topic, like be more patient, and who couldn't use that? There's absolutely nothing like Mama Zen that is so dedicated to the mental and emotional well-being of moms. And you guys, when I need to put myself in a little time away from my kids, this is what I've been turning on and it has been an absolute game changer for me. I really want you to try Mama Zen and see for yourself how much better you can feel as a mom. Go to your app store or Google Play and download Mama Zen today. That's M-A-M-A-Z-E-N. And right now you can use promo code E-E-P and that code will unlock your free trial. So you can try Mama Zen for yourself. Take care of yourself so you can show up better for your children and for others around you. Now let's get back to my conversation with Ruth. I've heard it does get easier, obviously, but yeah, the initial shock. Yeah, (laughs) right? Absolutely. So your oldest, you know, just uh, is in his third year of college and your youngest is how old? He's eight. He's eight years old. And so life looks a lot different. Parenting looks a lot different for you. Mm -hmm. What do you feel like you've learned and how have you evolved as a mom Mm -hmm. over the course of these last, I don't know how old your son is, 21 years or so? In parenting. Yeah. You know, I think the number one thing I'd sum up in all these 19 years of parenting is ultimately just that it's a, it's a long game. Like I, there was a time when I was so concerned about whether or not I did everything right today, whether I've, you know, got, I've 
accomplished all my goals or how if we've implemented everything we want to implement at home. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm realizing more than ever now that each day is a new day and that by God's grace, I get to do this again. And that even though it's exhausting, but the long game is that it's, it's made up. Motherhood is really made up of a lot, many, many, many small faithful moments rather than one big, huge, I got it right. I did the right chore chart. I, you know, mm-hmm. disciplined perfectly. You know, we kind of think that we're going to nail it this one time and then we won't have to do the work as hard next time. Right. But the reality is it's a, it's a continual every day. It's a little small act of faithfulness. And here I am on the other end of sending one of my arrows out and honestly realizing like it really did pay off, mm-hmm. not in a, like, because I did such a great job, but in a, okay, the consistency paid off. Even if I didn't feel like I was doing a job in the moment, the consistency of showing up day after day and just saying, I want to be faithful today with this moment. Wow. This child's on my lap crying right now. How am I going to deal with it right now? Rather than trying to go, why are we in this moment again? And how can I do it right? So I don't have to do this again to just say, okay, I'm going to steward this moment. And when you keep stewarding the moment over and over and over again, you get to the point where you, that child leaves your home and you don't really have regrets because you've been stewarding the moments leading up to it. Mm, That is so, so beautiful. And when you say it like that, it makes me think of kids a lot like the stock market. Like, (laughs) aren't we just investing in that long game? And Mm -hmm. there's dips. There are dips and there are unexpected pitfalls. And it's like, are we here again? Right. And I think that's the hardest ones, right? Where we think Mm -hmm. we've fixed something or the, the child has learned something. And then it's like, oh, we're here again again I thought we were done with this part of it right and so yeah being able to continue on and not just pull your money right and and pull out but but trusting that it will go back up and so would you say there's things that stand out that maybe you used to focus on more that Mm -hmm. you've realized like what matters most what are the things you're really trying Mm -hmm. to drive home to your kids now yeah so it used to really really bother me if I gave instructions about something like let's say picking up your room and it wasn't done to the level or the standard that I wanted and I thought you're not going to be like good human beings someday because you can't you can't figure this out you know that feeling that rises up in moms where you're like oh my goodness you're you're going to be a mess for the rest of your life because you can't even and now I'm like okay actually who they're becoming as they learn what their own weaknesses are and how to combat that, that's actually more important than them getting their rooms clean. doesn't mean I stop caring about their rooms. It's that I care more about what's happening in your mind and in your heart as you deal with, you know, organizing your own life or Mm -hmm. keeping yourself accountable or listening to instruction. It's more, now I'm more aware of like what's happening in that mind of yours and in your heart of yours rather than, why can't you just figure it out and get it done? Because we're all going to be able to have a good time if you could just get your room clean. And so I think I've moved on a little, you know, I've kind of stopped looking for that check mark and that perfection that is so easy to focus on. Um, I, I'm realizing more than I ever have that what I get when they're at home, what I have an opportunity for is that I haven't, I have access to their hearts in a way that um, I may never have in the future. And so it's more important right now for me to steward that than to make sure that they get their rooms perfectly clean. 
I think that is so good. And my oldest is only 11. And so mm-hmm. we're on the cusp of that where I'm wanting them to have so much more autonomy and independence. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I've taught them how to do that. But then it's like, hey, we got to leave. Like, how come this isn't done yet? Like, I'm really mm-hmm. surprised that that's still, again, like, why, why, why wasn't that done? And sure. I don't know. When you put yourself in your kid's shoes sometimes, though, you understand how things don't get done. Don't we all have Absolutely. things as adults? <laughs> where it's on our to-do list and we fully plan on doing something or we were asked to do something and it just something else came up or we got distracted or we just don't right. want to. So we put it right. off. And when we could put ourselves in the shoes, maybe we could be a little less critical of the meaning that they're yeah. disrespectful little slobs that will never be good humans. But we can just be <laughs> like, okay, like it's not representative of that. It is just they didn't do it. And maybe I need to communicate that it was more important than maybe they thought it was, or I don't know, but well, you're so and right. Also, I think it's an issue of recognizing that they're human beings too. I mean, yeah. I know it sounds so silly to say it out loud like this, but sometimes I forget that they have feelings. They wake up on the right side of the bed. Yeah. They struggle with their emotions, just like I have struggled. They might feel like they're in a funk through 2020 and 2021, just like I have felt like I'm in a funk through all this, right? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. recognizing that they are battling their own emotions, their own own hormones, their own issues helps me go, okay, it's actually more important for me as a mom to take the opportunity to teach the life skill of how to address when you're disappointed, how to deal with disappointment and chaos and frustration and fear because it's really not just about, can you please follow through better? You can, and you should. But at the end of the day, why we're there in their daily lives is that we're actually modeling and training them up for how they can cope and process and deal with the reality of life. And so if I'm missing that part and I'm just expecting them to like rise up and do well without training them on and modeling for them how I deal with grief, how I deal with distraction and chaos. Um, It does start with me, and I have to, like, model that and train them. Hey, everyone. I wanted to thank another show sponsor, and that is Novo. Novo is the number one business banking app because it's built from the ground up to be powerfully simple and free. And it really does address all the common issues that other small businesses have when they're trying to manage their money. With Novo, there's no minimum balances, no transaction limits, no hidden fees, and you can sign up for free in under 10 minutes at banknovo.com slash EEP. From there, they're going to send you a Novo debit card and get free use to an ATM. Novo makes banking easy and secure, and you can manage your account in Novo's customizable web, Android, and iOS apps with built-in profit-first accounting and invoicing. You guys, if you are a small business and you're looking for a better way to manage your money, Novo is your solution. Get your free business banking account in just 10 minutes at banknovo.com slash EEP. Go to banknovo.com slash EEP to sign up for free right now and get a free copy of Novo's small business starter guide. Banknovo.com slash EEP. Go into talking a lot about self improvement, and that kind of ties into what we're talking about with our kids. Like we 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 think they should want to be the best version of themselves, but like uh-huh. that's not even on their radar. They just are. Kids just are, and that's what makes kids so amazing is that they can just be. They're so present. They're not thinking about you know too far down the road. We as adults, our minds are spinning about: Are we enough? Are we good enough? What's the next thing? 
And it's really to our detriment a lot of times. And if we can get back to more of a childlike present mindset, we would be a lot better off as adults. And the maturity that comes from wanting to progress is also good. So how are you teaching your kids to want to be motivated, maybe when they're not motivated? I mean, everyone's motivated differently. And some okay. you need to remind and needs external motivational factors and others are more intrinsic. So how are you doing that? I'm sure your six kids are very diverse in, in yeah, their modes, right. right? You know, I I think about when I was a kid and maybe, you know, some, some children have a great sense of self-awareness right from the start and they're looking around and they're aware of who they are and their their personal um you know weaknesses and their fears but a lot of times kids are taught that by the words that are said to them and the ways people respond to them so meaning mm-hmm. like if you if you know when I was growing up if it seems like there's nothing that's good enough short of an a um, in my community, you know, whether it's my parents or not, but if being the most impressive and the best and always winning, if those are values that are spoken of around that child, it's going to be pretty easy for that child to think they don't measure up. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, I remember, um, growing up and having grandparents, um, my, my Chinese grandparents were real, keen on describing me physically when they saw me and it was just a, it was just like a habitual like oh you gained weight or mm-hmm. oh this or that and sometimes they were flattering you know comments but most of the time they sounded critical or it sounded like wow everything is noticeable you know like if mm-hmm. I have a zit it's noticed if I gain weight it's noticed if I this or that and and so you become very self-aware and so I think when I realize that words and the power of words really can cause a child to measure up or wonder where they fall on the scale. Hmm. I've been, I've become a lot more careful about the way I speak around my children about myself, but also about them because the, the whole thing that I think um, it's interesting when we read the Bible and when we think about our faith, we we're confronted with the gospel of grace. We're confronted with this idea that God rescues and redeems us apart from our good works and our being amazing and our being worthy. Mm -hmm. That is the message of grace, but somehow in parenting and even towards ourselves, sometimes we turn that around and we think, well, that's great to save us for heaven. But really, you should just try harder and be a better version of yourselves. And so I really do try to like stop and go, am I giving my children the grace of God or am I giving them Ruth Simons's formula for success? Because if I'm giving them my standard, then they will be in an endless cycle of self-improvement and measuring in order to gain self-worth. But if I give them the gospel of grace and I give them Jesus, then they can suddenly recognize that they were created to be welcomed in and transformed by the grace of God and not their own striving. Mm. And you know what? When we put those expectations on our kids that are our own, we are both setting themselves up for failure because they will inevitably not reach that expectation and 
we are limiting them because mm-hmm. we can't even dream of what they're capable of beyond what our own mind can comprehend. And it is also mm-hmm. limiting. So to, to mm-hmm. think about that, to make the ceiling low and the ceiling high, like it's just, it's a formula for disaster, like you're saying. And then you just, <laughs> to release that and, and realize that our own personal journey we're entitled to that as much as our kids are entitled to their own personal journey and our job is simply to love and support and, and be that resource because God's entrusted them to us mm-hmm. to help to help mm-hmm. steward them along, but not to solve their problems, not to, to do anything for them, to, mm-hmm. to, to help, you know, jump, jump over spaces on their way back home to Heavenly Father, right? Mm-hmm. Whew. It's a big, it's a big, tall order. And you're so right that grace tends to be like, it covers your sin, but where does it cover your, just your shortcomings or your, or your momentary things? And that's what I love what you're talking about. It's the striving that for perfection, it's the striving for, I'm not good enough. And so many times we don't think of grace tied into that. And so tell me about this new book, When Striving's do we really want to mm. stop striving? Like, what is your definition of striving? Are we giving yeah. that up entirely? Not all striving is wrong because mm-hmm. we, you know, when God tells us through, you know, you know, the Apostle Paul specifically instructs through the Word that we are to walk in grace and walk in a manner worthy. There's we strive for those things, and it's not that striving is bad, but striving in our own strength, the kind of striving mm. that makes you feel exhausted, this kind of striving where you constantly feel like you're you're tirelessly working towards something. I define that really as striving being something where we're anxiously trying to work out the circumstances or control the circumstances so that we can achieve or gain something that we don't quite fully trust God to provide. Mm. So maybe that means that we use our mouths and our tone of voice to manipulate the, the people in our home so that we get comfort or a clean house or peace and quiet or a good schedule And not that those things are wrong things to aim at, but if we're striving, we're going to be gaining that at the cost of um, the the angst, the angst, and the even the rudeness Mm. that we're we're saying we want that because I need to claim it for myself. I don't trust that God will provide me the peace I need, the assurance I need, the comfort that I need. I'm not looking to God for it. I'm looking to my house or my spouse or everybody falling in line and doing their jobs. And so I think it's really, you know, you can't just look and say, there's a striver, there's a striver. It's that you have to do assessment on yourself and say, what are the things that are going on in my life that point to the fact that I trust and I think that I trust myself and I think that I am the rescuer and the person that has to fix everything rather than trusting God. Mm -hmm. And so when I wrote When Striving Cease, my goal has been to, one, really kind of give the backstory of why, as a founder of Grace Laced, that grace has been the cornerstone of my life and what that really means. Not just grace as in like this feel-good sense of like, you know, we're all going to put our arms around each other and give each other some grace, but rather the grace of God that rescues us. What's so amazing about it? Mm-hmm. And surely that is part of the goal of to, to, to share my story of how that ultimately um was arresting for me in my life. But I think, you know, the goal as a mom is to re- also recognize that, that at some level I can create little 
pharisaical strivers and little people in my life who think that they always have to try harder to please me or their the society or others people's expectations of them when what they really really need above all else is to really recognize that God created them for a purpose on purpose and that the grace of God is meant to rescue them and restore them back to Jesus. I mean, literally through Jesus back to the father. And in that is where true transformation comes from. So all of us want change. I want change in my life. I want my kids to uh, grow up and actually have a wonderful life. You know, like those aren't wrong things to want, but all of us want to see improvement and change. I just think that so often the, the angst and the exhaustion and the constant striving is because we don't really understand where that change comes from. Hey everyone, I want to thank another show sponsor and that is Bookmark. You guys, I know this because I have a website, but creating, maintaining, and optimizing your website, it shouldn't be a pain, but it always is. There's not been an easy way to set something up like this. And I know many of you have your own websites and your business owners, or you have websites for different purposes. Bookmark is a fantastic solution if you are needing to build a website. Bookmark is the first and only fully AI-powered website builder, and their artificial intelligence design assistant, Ada, creates a unique website for you in a matter of minutes. And it's not just a cookie-cutter template like so many other offerings. All you need to do is go to bookmark.com and answer a few simple questions, business type, location, goals, you know, the stuff to get to know you better. And then, like harnessing the power of a global design team at the click of your mouths, Ada will personally design your website in minutes. And in the background, Ada doesn't sleep. So when people visit your website, they're constantly looking to improve your visitor experience with one click. With actionable insights and analytics, you will not believe the capabilities that bookmark.com has created. Bookmark has three different plans, but the basic account is free, always and forever. But you can always upgrade from there if you want a professional website. But getting started for free is a perfect first option to get to know Bookmark. We really think you'd be pleasantly surprised by how fast, efficient, powerful, and budget-friendly Bookmark is. We have a special offer for my listeners. Get 15% off your first purchase at bookmark.com, yearly or monthly business or pro plan. But only when you use the link bookmark.com slash EEP or use the promo code EEP at checkout. Unlock your full potential with a website that grows with you. Go to bookmark.com today. And so as somebody that has accomplished a lot, you have your hands in a lot of things, Ruth. And mm. in addition to being being a mom and 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 all that comes with being a believer, like your your mental space, your your physical space, your calendar I would dare say is is pretty pretty booked up, right? In the season, it really is. Exactly. Yes. And so, it wasn't always this way. And but it's yes. not and it's not a bad thing at all because mm-hmm. when you're pouring yourself into good things that you feel called to do, like you'll be equipped to to do those things. Especially if it's you know in certain seasons where you know things look more full than others. But at the same time, can you come at it with a different type of perspective? And I think that's what you're saying. It's not necessarily taking certain goals off the list or not pursuing. The X, Y, or Z, it's a matter of perspective of why you're doing things or how you're going at those things. Is that right? Or can you give me an example of what that might look like of something you might have 
strived or striven or what what, what, <laughs> what verb am I going for? You know, that you might have yeah. previously done that, um, that technique, right? Going towards it with that vein yeah. versus relying on the grace and going at it a different way. Yeah. You know, I, I think back to, I don't know how many listening in today are young mamas, uh, but lot. I remember mm-hmm. being a young mom of some, you know, all these kids under five. And I remember thinking, is a ship passing me by? You know, I'm not, I'm not putting myself, my work out there in the world. I'm just busy changing diapers. Oh my goodness. How am I going to ever make a difference with my lifetime? And, and, you know, you feel that angst when you're barely like getting dressed and you're just kind of trying to run your, organize your life and learn how to be a mom. And at that time, I think, I think I would have been striving to try to use my giftings to like somehow gain a sense of self-worth or a Mm -hmm. sense of um, purpose or a sense of, look, I, I'm known for something I'm good at because I didn't feel really good at motherhood at the time. Mm -hmm. But instead of just running hard after those dreams, the Lord really caused me to live behind the scenes and, and work through those doubts and those fears at home and, and press into that season and serve and minister locally. And so Jessica, I think I, when I think about the work that I do now, I think there's freedom in the work that I do now because I don't feel like I'm striving to make a mark for my sake anymore Hmm. because my self-worth and my identity was secured at a time when I couldn't find it elsewhere. So in a time where I really was like, please just give me some sense of like, my giftings are worth it. I'm good at something. Let other people know me for something. I didn't pursue. I wasn't, I did not have an open door to pursue those things. I felt that I had to wait and I, and I'm glad I did because in that time I wrestled with the Lord and pressed into what it really is to have my identity in Christ. And so now years later, a good decade and a half later from that season of life, I am now in a new season where I do have more freedom schedule wise, family wise to travel and speak and write books and do the things that I do right now, but I'm doing it out of a freedom knowing that he can take all those things away. And I still know who I am. Mm. And I think that kind of freedom reminds us that our identities always have like it has to be found in Jesus. You can't find your identity and worth in motherhood. You can't find your identity and worth in running a podcast or writing a book or creating a nonprofit or serving at your church that ultimately none of those things will truly anchor you to a satisfaction and a true welcome that was meant to be given to you through the grace of God. And so, yeah, that's how I could lay my strivings down is because who I am and what God has done for me is secure regardless of what I do or don't do. You should write a book off this, Ruth. This is so good. (laughs) (laughs) It makes me think the old adage, like a marriage should be 50, 50, but now the, the updated version is no, it should be 100, 100. Like everybody's bringing everything they have to a marriage. And that really is our partnership with the Lord as well. Like we bring all that we have and he will bring all that he has. We're running a race with him that, yeah, you don't end up exhausted. I mean, yes, there'll be tiring times, but there is absolutely a difference between, between, 
when you end up feeling depleted and that is what that's what you're talking about and so there's also going to be a camp listening Ruth that feels the opposite kind of of what you're saying in that they don't know what to do next. Maybe they're mm-hmm. coming out of those toddler years and their mm-hmm. last baby's in kindergarten, yeah. right? And there's that transition and they don't know what is next. They mm-hmm. don't have that natural striving bone in their body, which mm-hmm. I think, you know, could be a, a great asset. But also they may they may want that next thing and have a hard time identifying yeah. what, what that is and how they can partner with God on that next thing. Do you have tips for them? Mm, I do. Well, I... I'll tell you, I think the number one thing that we are missing in this day and age of having every kind of saturation of entertainment and information at our fingertips is it's so easy to try to find your calling and your purpose or your next thing by looking at what somebody else is doing. Mm. It's so easy to just literally go, you know, whether you're pulling up Netflix or you're pulling up social media or you're just looking around while you're at the mall, it's really easy to kind of say, should I look like that? Should I be doing that? And we're missing the part where God intrinsically gave us delight and wonder in the makeup of who we are. And we don't actually tap into that very often. Meaning, what would it be if you turn things off and stopped looking to your left and right and stopped scrolling and kind of thought about what is it that makes me really come alive? Is it when I'm surrounded by music? Is it when I'm working with my hands and using crafting materials? Is it when I'm helping a neighbor out? Mm -hmm. Is it when I'm sitting and talking to a young woman and sharing my life with that person and that person finds that she really is mentored and coached and led down a different path? Is it that I get to go serve somebody anonymously. And whatever it is, we're all made differently. Just what, what makes Ruth Simons come alive is not going to be the same thing as the person who's listening right now. Mm-hmm. But I think, unfortunately, we spend so much time looking at what somebody else is doing with their life. We're living vicariously through somebody else's life that we forget that God made us to live our own. And so my encouragement to you, if you are coming out of um, those little years or the years where you had a lot of purpose driving your kids to soccer practice and literally being that person who served up a meal for that family of six and now suddenly it's just the two of you, whatever season you're in, my encouragement is maybe it's a good time to cut off some of the noise and the input Mm. and to really ask the Lord, how have you created me for delight and wonder? What is it that makes me feel like I could do this all day? Mm. I come alive. This makes me joy. This makes me, this makes me joyful. This makes me feel like I write about this in the book that, um, Eric little said that when he was running, he said he could feel God's delight in him when he was running. Mm. And what is it that in our lives will cause us to say, I am feeling God's delight in me when I do this thing. Mm. Wow. I could do this all day. I love, I love that. And some things that we need to do, we don't want to do all day, you know, like, and there's going to be aspects that are not fun or that are more challenging that stretch us. But like you said, you get to craft what that looks like with God and it doesn't need to look like what anybody else is doing. And so I'm curious for you, since you, you know, you just do so many different things. And I love that it, it, it appears that you're just able to you've created a job for yourself where you're combining so many of your life's passions what 
what lights you up the most right this second in this season what would you want to spend all day doing right now Mm. Well, it's, it, you're right. It really does change a lot for somebody like me who's easily distracted with different things that I like. Um, at, at times, it's been like, I just want to paint all day. I just want to create. And I still feel that way at some level. But I think what gives me so much joy um, is actually meeting with women and really, like, I'm not necessarily, um, I don't love the stage. I, I do it. I'm speaking at MomCon on Saturday and it's, you know, I mean, when the lights come on, I get a little sweaty and nervous and <laughs> I've got stage fright. But when I'm in a group where I can really share my heart, that's, um, that's my sweet spot to really come out from behind the screen and be real and really share, um, what it is that God's done in my life and how I can encourage others. I feel like that's really giving me life right now and helping me remember that we're not just all Instagram squares. Mm. We're really human beings that are meant to impact each other's lives. Yeah. So you've written this book, When Striving Cease, and I've heard from a lot of authors that say the topic that they write a book about ends up being written during a season of extreme challenge in that Mm -hmm. area for Mm -hmm. them. So what do you do you're very self-aware on this topic now you can probably recognize it a lot more than you used to but when that striving creeps in what is something actionable that you do to step back and make that that shift and that adjustment to fight against that no that's a really good question and you know I wrote this during the pandemic where um everyone in business had to ask themselves, what's my future going to look like? Mm -hmm. How is this going to go? And so there definitely was some of that. But even now, as the book releases into the world, it's kind of, um, it's a wonder to write a book about not striving when everything about the industry (laughs) can foster striving in you, right? There's how many books are being sold? How well is it doing? Um, Is it getting into the marketplace? You know, those are questions that I'm not, I don't struggle with as a business owner. I get the business of it, but it can really cause you to measure, right? Mm -hmm. It can be really easy to measure how your book is doing, how it's received, what kind of reviews are you getting? Um, And so even in this season, in its pre-release, I'm, I'm really having to like preach to myself as you hear me say regularly, but I really have to stop and say, okay, let me lead my my own heart to the place of you wouldn't have a book Ruth you wouldn't even have this book and this topic if it wasn't that God rescued you in the first place mm-hmm. what makes you think your book is yours to measure and you know create some kind of success around it's not yours it's his and so I think I have to kind of constantly transfer ownership and remember that I'm just borrowing this message I'm stewarding this message that God's given me but it's really his and it's Mm -hmm. not mine and I I know that might sound like a lofty thing to say but I actually physically have to do that because it's so easy to write 50,000 words or paint a painting as a creative and hold it like it's mine and Mm -hmm. hold it tightly and be like I gotta do this is this is my life's work I gotta make this go really far when at the end of the day it's it's God's and, and everything is by him for right? him through him. And yeah. so when I stop and think that through, and honestly, it applies to motherhood, right? It I just does. sent yep. an older, my oldest off to Europe and he's not mine. I mean, mm-hmm. I, it's just not for me to control and hold forever and keep in my comfort zone 
it really is about me releasing back to the Lord what he's given me. So that's kind of just in all areas of my life right now where I'm called to lay down my striving in motherhood and in book publishing and running a business. I have to stop and say, um, it was all given to me apart from me being amazing. Mm. God, I'm giving it back to you because it was grace that gave it to me in the first place. Oh, that is so good. Where can people find your book? Coming out, what, October 12th? October 12th. Yay. Everywhere books are sold. They will be in stores at Target as well. But right now you can order from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, ChristianBook.com, and you can learn more about the book at the website WhenStrivingsCeaseBook.com. And I'd love to connect with you on Instagram at Ruth Jo Simons. Amazing. Well, I always ask my guests one final question, Ruth. Yeah. And it's this. What would you tell your pre-motherhood self? Yeah, I would say stop worrying about around the corner. Mm-hmm. You've got to stop worrying about what you're going to do with your life and start recognizing that God's trying to shape you right this minute. Because everything that's going to come around the corner someday, somehow, will put into action what you're learning right this moment. Ooh, ooh, that's a good one. That is fantastic. I will be thinking about that all day. Ruth, thank you so much for taking the time. I'm so, so excited about this new book. I think it is so relevant, whether you're a striver or somebody, like we talked about, the opposite, who struggles with the next season, right? Such a good word, and I just... uh, love everything that you do and of course people are going to want to check out your art too for grace at grace lace right yes yes yes. thank you so much jessica thanks for having me good luck with everything hearing from ruth today is just what i needed and i hope that you feel like you're not alone i hope you feel like there's another way if you're feeling like striving is kind of the focus of your life right now It doesn't have to feel that way. And I hope you'll pick up her book or re-examine your life in the ways that you can kind of lay down the things that are not serving you in this season and reprioritize the things that would. If you don't already follow me on Instagram, you can do that at jessicadalquist3 or on Facebook at Extraordinary Moms Podcast. Everything will be linked for Ruth over at ExtraordinaryMomsPodcast.com. Thanks for tuning in today and we'll see you next week for another episode with another Extraordinary Mom. Bye.